0: always do it on my own so i gotta get through it and the only thing i know is to love what i'm doing never give up never slow till i finally prove it never listen to the nose
1: he who controls the past controls the future He who controls the present controls the past. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nobody's News. I am your host, Alex, as always, and I am joined today by my brother who is back from the the ranks of working class people with real jobs, not fake internet wannabe celebrities like myself and failed publishers or failed authors. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, how are you doing, Broski?
2: I'm your uh, local uh, celebrity pool boy, sadly, uh, <laughs> slash chauffeur, slash grabber of bags and gift bags. But hey, I keep all the pores away, you know. Yes. Unless they're pretty women, and then then they're allowed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, justice has many faces. And it's better for justice if they are beautiful, especially in the world of security. But I'm very happy to have you back. Uh, I apologize. Yesterday's show was a bit of a a crapshoot. Today, I also feel like crap. Um, What are you going to say?
2: I was just joking earlier. Cuck the tuck. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Got cucked by the tuck. We got cucked by the tuck. And... Our, our appeals failed. The video is only up on Spotify now. If you're interested in watching our take on the, the Putin interview, uh, we did a watch along with it. But yeah, I, I felt like crap yesterday, and uh, I feel like crap today. I I thought it was just going to be a passing thing. I've heard of die-off symptoms with these parasite cleanses, but oh boy, it is no joke. It is like having the flu, and it is absolutely disgusting, because you know the reason you have the those symptoms... Or because parasites are dying inside of you, just waiting to be crapped out. It's it's terrible. Humans are disgusting. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, anyway, um, I think that we should just get right into the news. What do you say, Broski?
2: Sounds good. Uh, we've all been through parasites, so who wants to talk about that anymore? Yes. <laughs> or at least if you have deployed.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if you're from, if you're an immigrant from a third world country, like my my girlfriend or a veteran, like all my friends, then yeah, it's pretty much unanimous. We all have parasites. No sense in lingering lingering on it. Um, but let's see. So our first our first story of the day here: trainees are crazy. Um, I'm obviously being a little hyperbolic when I say that, but this is from Fox News: Lakewood Church shooter identified as Janice Yvonne Moreno. Palestine written on the gun. Um so police in Houston, Texas have identified the shooter who opened up fire at Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church on Sunday as Janice Ivonne Moreno, Fox News has confirmed. Moreno, originally from El Salvador, who had a lengthy criminal record. Also previously used the name Jeffrey Escalante Moreno, investigators said. The shooter was killed after off-duty police officers and the church responded to the incident. Police said two people were injured, a 57-year-old man and the child who accompanied the shooter. Um, the child is not expected to survive. Montgomery County District Attorney's Office spokesperson told the Houston Chronicle. Um now, for legal reasons, they're not really calling calling this person trans. They rolled it back a little bit. Um, they said originally they thought she was trans, uh, but now they don't know. But either way, it, it's pretty obvious that she's trans. Um, I have a, a video clip here <laughs> of this.
2: And writing weird stuff on her gun, like a bunch of these shooters, especially a Chrysler shooter. I mean, every one of his guns had like just writing all, all over and not, not just little phrases and marker like all the it was it was like art, you know. So it is weird yeah. that that's starting to like be a thing now. It's like, hey, look, look at my tool. This has a bunch of stuff on it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's these shooters. They want to make political statements. They're terrorists for, you know, that terrorism is using violence and fear of violence to push a political goal. This is terrorism. They have Palestinian. Palestine on the gun, or she does, which, you know, I I don't know if that's why she did the shooting or if she's just a crazy person, but either way, it doesn't look great for the the Palestine people. Of course, those people are so crazy and they hate Israel so much that they're probably happy about this because they're just like, screw it. Palestinians are getting killed, so we're going to kill people too. Um, Online, they have been absolutely rabid, these pro-Palestine people. But as far as this person being trans, um, I mean...
2: We saw you know parts of this, and I, I you know, ten years ago it was just in like academia, but with with people glorifying like the um you know hessian revolution or hey, you know any of this stuff where like you know, slaves have and again, I'm all for again, we're we're all against slavery, but they almost like glorify like how brutal sometimes they can be when when they overcorrect. and so it just it's just kind of like makes sense where it's just now in in the mainstream of hey, Palestine is being colonized, so there is literally nothing wrong. And, that, and that's, that's where all, all these people are saying that kids can't be – kids are can, combatants. And this is just insane, man.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing and with, we, like, the Haitians. Yeah. Like, Haitians, they, they overthrew the, the slave owners. Okay, I'm all for that. Also, I can I can understand that maybe you shouldn't rape – children and drink blood out of skull or drink you know booze out of skulls like just having a blanket oh these people are bad so anything we do to them it's it's not a good precedent and it's also like i don't like the way that gets twisted with the whole like punch a nazi thing or or the whole anti-vaxxers are dirty it's the same tactics they've been throughout used throughout history to to justify extreme horrible violence against groups and i'm not not in favor of it so like i can i've talked about how israel is corrupt i talked about it yesterday on the show like the show was called time for peace israel like i i recognize that what's going on in palestine i'm not completely okay with it and i certainly don't want u.s dollars funding it but at the same time that doesn't mean that violence you know terrorism is justified you know against people have nothing to do with that just because well something bad is happening, so whatever we can do to hurt the other people um, or people who support the other people, because I know Joel Osteen's church, they said that it was very pro-Israel. But um, anyway, as far as her being trans, um, this is, I got some clips here. Um, We're gonna watch a little bit of this. I know a lot of people are
0: making fun of the Houston Police Department over this story, but uh, I'm on the side of the Houston Police Department. Uh, As the story goes, Houston police ran investigation to determine preferred pronouns of Lakewood church shooter. Uh, yes, let me write that down for you. A woman who entered Joel Osteen's church with a rifle and opened like fire if they're not trans, on churchgoers.
1: You've convinced well, we everyone that they are trans just by were, making all of whether this whether
0: she was stuff, male or female. So, the
1: cops are so thus, terrified. Investigation of, uh, must be done. Misgendering
0: somebody. Now, I'm half kidding when I say I actually agree with the uh, uh I defend the Houston please in this one. I actually think it is patently absurd that a police department would spend resources to figure out
1: Agreed. Five their what, I want to see what the, the cops actually said. Are oh, you going to be kidding me? This is not now a doctor's office.
0: Idea. Sorry about Curious. that, everybody. It's absolutely shocking, man. Let me uh, let me play the, the audio for you so you can hear what the police officers say, which has got everybody all uh, all riled up. But here here you go.
1: Other things that we know at this point in regards to the investigation. Our shooter is identified by a driver's license as Genesee Moreno, 36 years old, Hispanic female. There are some discrepancies. We do have reports she used multiple aliases, including Jeffrey Escalante. So she has utilized both male and female names, but Through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female, she, her, and so uh, we are identifying her as Genesee Moreno, Hispanic female absolute clown show. Now look, I I don't think that all trans people are, you know, killers or anything like that. Like it's being a little bit hyperbolic at the beginning of the episode, but I do think that trannies disproportionately are crazy. I mean, you have you're suffering from gender dysphoria, we're now empowering you to continue to live in this delusion. Like we're empowering we're basically empowering a person with schizophrenia that no, people really are after you. Like we are convincing them that their their warped world is real. So this does speak to I I think that No, this person didn't shoot up the church because they're trans. They're a crazy person who obviously has been indoctrinated by this hate for Israel, which again, I'm not a big fan of Israel, but like they've been radicalized with this trans movement and these crazy people who should be getting help have been allowed to continue to be crazy without any help, without any scrutiny. So obviously this is the result. It's not because they're trans. It's because they're crazy people who are being told that they're not crazy. And then they do stuff like this. So, yes, it's not because they're trans, but I do think this is a result of the transgender movement that has continued to treat these people as if their delusions are real and then also radicalize them with other fear-mongering stuff. This is the predictable result. Um, does that make me a transphobe or, or you, you on board with that?
2: <laughs> I think it just makes you a realist at this point. But, it, you know, it, people just kind of – Pick and choose, you know everything's so political and everything's so so biased. It's my team or your team, as some 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 other stories here. We have show. It's just a complete clown world out here.
1: Yeah, and it's clown world that the the police department is even wasting time trying to do an investigation to figure out if they were trans. Who cares? Like it's obvious. It's a woman. You can come out with like, okay, they they may have been transgender, whatever, but that shouldn't be the focal point of your your job, cops. Why don't you look at motive? Why don't we talk about the the Palestine thing? Where this the every time that there's someone on the right does something, they immediately look up. Oh, they watched one episode of Tim Pool. So where's the? Why are we not looking into what they this person was watching?
2: Greg Gutfield he makes terrorists apparently. There's, yeah, just anyone on the right, and then but a guy you know just worships Bernie or a guy worships Elizabeth. Warren. And nothing. Yeah. And that's where it's just again it's a complete double standard.
1: Yep. And how much you want to bet that this person was following the Young Turks or Rachel Maddow or one of these crazy far left places? I'd almost I guarantee it. It doesn't mean that they're responsible for the shooting, but it is a double standard that I don't like. Um but even though I don't think all trans people or even most are violent shooters, um, this is there is I'm, I'm so burnt out and tired of this trans movement. It is. This new progressive LGBTQ plus whatever ideology, um, it is just, I don't see really an upside. It just has a massive overtone of being evil, destructive. And it also has a, a wild overtone where kids are just always involved. Even this person brought their kid to do the shooting. I know that's not like a pedophilia thing, but it's like, you did, everywhere you look, even in a non-pedophilia situation, the trans movement is just always tied to kids. And I'd say trans movement, part of this broader LGBTQ thing. They're the ones that lumped it in, not me. I don't think that T should be with LGBT, um, and neither do a lot of LGBs. But um, you guys lumped it in, so you get the good and the bad with that, and it seems like a lot more bad than good. Here's an example of that. What I mean where it's just like, this stuff is always infused with children. We've seen a million examples of this, but this is just another one. Um, this was... Where was this? Um, it doesn't say where this was, but I mean, look at this crap. Is this not disturbing?
2: If we were a country, like, the men of that community would have yeah. seriously
1: harmed everyone there. Yeah. Everyone responsible for this. The the organizers, the parents who brought their kids. Like, this should... Like, as far as i'm concerned this shouldn't even be on the internet you know like i was thinking about that when i was going to show this i was like am i showing child porn like I almost everyone's am. there with their recording of their phones like these are Fuck, sexualized man. children there's no getting around it and you don't see this anywhere else except for with this lgbt movement you don't see we can talk about you know priests raping children and all that stuff and i think you know that's a problem or like camp counselors, but you don't see anywhere this explicit sexualization of children, except for with the the LGBTQ movement and specifically the progressive side. That's all about trans. It's inescapable. They mm-hmm. they always go together. Um,
2: but we can't even call them mentally ill anymore. I mean, that's one thing Jordan Peterson gets in a bunch of hot, of of hot water for, but I mean, for most of human history and since we've kind of understood the the human brain, it's like, Oh, they're like mentally ill. They, they have like a problem, but Mm -hmm. now we, can't say that. And (laughs) we're just letting them do whatever they want. And now if you attack them, they're a protected class. I (laughs) I just, I, it's just stupid.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Something on that with this whole, like ignoring their mental illness thing, um, I don't think that people are born gay, per say. I think that there are people who are. But I think the vast majority, and they've done research on this, the vast majority of people who identify as gay or lesbian or transgender, they were sexually abused as children. So some wires got crossed there. And I think... What happens in those situations is you have some people who have kind of a framework where they could become gay with outside catalysts, like maybe they're more open-minded, they're more um, submissive, there's these personality traits that are genetically heritable. So, So I think some people, they get molested as a child and they become gay as a result of that damage. I think other people... They go the complete opposite direction. They don't have that framework, and they and this isn't just complete crack pottery. This is, you know, based off of our genetic personality traits, which are a real thing. Um, I think they go adamantly the other side where they just absolutely hate pedophiles and they want to murder them in their sleep, um, or probably while they're awake and watching. But <laughs> I think that um part of this whole thing is a lot of these my point with this is a lot of these these transgender people, they, are going to be disproportionately pedophiles because they disproportionately were molested as children. We know that the data has explained that out. People are going to go, no, I know a, a drag queen and they're not a, a predator. They weren't molested. Uh, okay. We're talking about rules here, not exceptions. The vast majority of them were abused as a child, or there was some wires that went cross. So when you tell them with the trans stuff, you you legitimize that warped worldview and this this fake delusion that I am actually the other the other sex. Well, then you also by proxy kind of subsequently, Um, legitimize all their other mental illnesses. Okay, well, now, if I really am a woman, I'm a man, but I I really believe that I'm a woman, you're telling me I'm a woman, well, what else going on in my mind is actually real? Okay, well, then I must not be crazy for thinking that we have to get justice for Palestine. I must not be crazy for thinking that kids are hot. Like it probably plays into that where it's not just you justify the trans thing and then all the other stuff, you're like, oh, no, this is all delusional. Uh, This is all crazy. No, it's you're not crazy. So you're justified in thinking whatever you want. And these people are going to disproportionately have follow on beliefs that are are reprehensible, like pedophilia, like sexualizing children. And I I think that that probably, probably goes together. But um, you have anything else on that, or are we going to move on?
2: Well, and until then, we'll just men will continue to make female sports great again. Yeah, so you know, yet more more records are being won. <laughs>
1: that that is one of the silver linings of this is female sports have gotten awesome. The boys, <laughs> yeah. the Swimming. boys are kicking ass and taking names in female sports.
2: Long jumping, every, sprinting. <laughs> yeah. It's all incredible. I I can't wait for basketball. Like the WNBA is actually going to be lit, you know? They'll they'll make it less woke than the NBA, but it'll still be
1: men. (laughs) Here's why it's going to be awesome is it's it's not going to be just an NBA of, you know, not very good or, you know, not as good male players. It's just going to be a few trannies. It's going to be the majority women and then a few trannies, which means you're just going to have a highlight reel of just epic dunks and all sorts of stuff over women. And that's going to be awesome.
2: D. Rose, please, (laughs) please (laughs) go back, just go down, and just go, you know, he's a show of himself. Against the WNBA, it'd be like he's still in his prime at the Bulls, you know, like jumping over (laughs) women and stuff. It'd be awesome.
1: Yep, it's going to (laughs) be great. Um, But anywho, and other news of evil people and of people... Related to this LGBTQ thing. A man has been arrested for doing a burnout on a pride painting. Um, so Florida man arrested for allegedly shooting for allegedly do- doing burnout on LGBTQ pride crosswalk. This is from the post-millennial. Um, there's the truck there. You can see where he was burning out. Um, I don't. I it was hard to find a video. It's almost labeled as like hate speech. Like. You're not allowed to show the video because it's a hate crime being committed. But you but, can watch
2: Russians die. Yeah. You don't get chased by drones, get shot, get exploded in French warfare up close. Like,
1: yeah, but you can't show someone burning out on a on a rainbow flag. Priorities, you know. <laughs> yep. Um, So let's see a man in Delray Beach, Florida has been arrested after allegedly vandalizing an LGBTQ pride crosswalk by intentionally driving his truck throughout the intersection and doing burnouts, which left black skid marks on the rainbow painted asphalt. Dylan Brewer, 19, turned himself in on Friday the 12th and was subsequently charged with felony criminal mischief and a thousand dollar over a thousand dollars in reckless driving. Um, in a press release, city officials revealed that the incident took place on the evening of whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so because he did a burnout, he's being charged with a felony. Obviously, he has to get convicted of that felony. But that's actually, in my opinion, worse and what happened it's an escalation of, I think 2 years ago there was another guy who did a burnout coming out of an intersection over an LGBTQ flag and he did a plea deal and got 2 years of probation. Now, I know you say okay, there's no jail time, but and for in doing New a New York. Yeah, for doing a burnout you get 2 years probation and now this guy's charged with a felony. What's next? Like this is just another escalation of This is absolutely ridiculous. A guy doing a I mean, if this if there hadn't been a flag there, this guy maybe he would have got cited for a ticket. Reckless Maybe and
2: dangerous or something like that, you know. Yeah, but.
1: but a hate crime, a felony, it's obviously politically motivated BS. Um, but but that, that
2: goes back to where you know everything's you know politically uh, motivated. It, it, it's either their side or your your uh, your 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 side. You know, just depending on the court, depending on the cops, <laughs> it yep. can either go really easy for you or it can go really hard for you.
1: Yeah. And this is all a trickle down. This is it doesn't we think about this uh, persecution of Trump and we're like, oh, well, they're just going to leave it at Trump because they hate Trump. No, this comes all the way down. But in regards to Trump, um, here's some more political persecution that is not getting near enough attention. So it's from the New York Post, CIA and foreign intelligence agencies illegally targeted 26 Trump associates before 2016 Russia collusion claims. Um, the u s intelligence community asked foreign spies spy agencies to sur- to surveil twenty six associates of Donald Trump in the run up to the to the two thousand and sixteen election, which triggered the allegations that the former president's campaign had been colluding with Russia according to the report. Former CIA director John Brennan identified and presented the targets. To the U.S. Intellig- to the U.S.'s intelligence sharing partners and the so-called Five Eyes agencies, the intelligence gathering organizations in the U.S., United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, according to a report published Monday on Michael Schellenberger's public Substack, um, blah blah blah. They cite multiple unnamed sources. Um, what's interesting about this is, well, for one, the uh, <laughs> the Canadian intelligence. Operation. I wrote an article about this um, a few months ago. They actually created Nazis back in the eighties. the The whole Heritage Front movement. They they accidentally created a bunch of Nazis. So I'm not sure that they're the the best people to be involved in U.S. politics. They seem uh, not exactly that competent. But everyone's going oh, foreign foreign spy agencies. This is actually not that abnormal because basically what happened. And this is that's not a good thing. You should be concerned with this. Basically, all of these countries that they're not allowed to spy on their own citizens, You know, the movie Sicario, they brought in the FBI because the CIA wasn't allowed to operate on US soil or whatever. What they do is they go, okay, Britain, we can't survey our own citizens, but if you come here and spy on our citizens, we'll spy on your citizens that you want spied on. So it's a loophole that allows them to, even though it's not, it's foreign agencies, make no mistake, this is the CIA targeting people. People um, in you know associated with Trump and spying on them, and if you don't think that they'll do that to anyone that they have interest in, all the way down to the lowest level, the guy who burned out. Oh, they can't spy on him. They want to catch him saying the n word or whatever. Oh, hire a, an MI five guy, and we'll do a trade off. Like they will weaponize not just our our intelligence apparatus against us because we think oh we're safe from our CIA. Absolutely not. They'll just bring in someone another. Uh, surveillance entity, and then that intelligence um, intelligence operation, they'll just be aimed at you and collect a bunch of data on you. So this is absolutely terrible. And uh, I don't know why more people on the left are not outraged about this. Because if you think that this goes one way, it doesn't. It's whoever's in power, whoever the CA cares about. Sure, right now they care about that they, they're on the left. But how long until that changes? Oh, the left wants uh, freedom of speech. We don't like freedom of speech. Oh, well, the left was fine with us attacking people on the right for freedom of speech. So now we're going to come after you. It never works when you think that government power is not going to be used against you. Um, but the left who always talks about rule of law and fairness i don't get why they don't they don't care about this is it just because it's trump <laughs> is that really what it is
2: yeah they they never had the foresight to well and they're probably do they just not think that they're ever gonna like lose again you know i, I don't know because i think they be, don't want to i think are, they're
1: gonna do everything in their power not to but that's still arrogant to think that you won't lose
2: <laughs> yeah but yeah you you eventually will <laughs> at a certain point and the republicans Usually they're a spineless, of course, but all it's going to take is just someone that, that is, and then they're going to use the government against you hardcore. And obviously they still do, but uh, you know, <laughs> and I don't know, it, it just isn't good, and I don't want any. Any of our – of course, because all of these intelligence agencies, foreign or our own, are all part of the same appar- you know, apparatus. They all help each other out to blow up the Nordstrom pipeline and, and all of this stuff. So I just want to – I want them out of our country, and then we can just leave theirs too. That's just yeah. completely –
1: It should be. They should be closing up this loophole. The CIA shouldn't be able to contract out to other foreign agencies. That should be considered treason. I don't care if they're an allied country. Allowing another military – to operate on our soil, another intelligence um, apparatus to operate on our soil, that should be treason. That should absolutely be illegal. And the people who have okayed that should be hung as traitors. And I don't say that hyperbolically, that is the law. It, treason is still punishable by death. Um, but uh, of course the left doesn't care because it's just against Trump. Um, and they are the ones who uh, seem to be in power in these, these institutions. Um, but some more stuff that they're not gonna care about um, and I'm just calling out hypocrisy on the left right now. Uh, maybe it's a bit petty, but U.S. drone strikes kill U.S. drone strike kills Iraq m- militia leader behind deadly attack on American base. Strike kills senior commander of Iran-backed group, uh, Khatib, Hezbollah. Um, a U.S. drone strike in Baghdad killed the commander of the Iran-backed Iraqi militia based blamed for a deadly strike at the U.S. base in Jordan last week, part of a sharpened effort by the Pentagon to deter attacks on its forces. Um, I hate how they always have to add in Iran-backed. It's like, just call them who they are. Like, if you want to go who backs them, then let's talk about every time we talk about ISIS, let's talk about... Um, US supplied US funded ISIS
2: and now like, the Taliban.
1: Yeah, the Taliban. Every US time backed. every time we talk about the Taliban, let's say US US supplied Taliban. But my reason for bringing up this story is Where is where's the outrage? I remember when when Trump killed Soleimani, who has killed way more Americans than than this guy. Trump bombs him in Baghdad ironically same place and there was all this outrage and oh he started i remember uh, i was still in school working at domino's at the time and as the you know the the empty no nor no warhead missiles were getting launched at all assad and her bill um there was this lady outside the store and uh, she was listening to the news and i was like any updates and she's like this president's trying to get us all killed in a nuclear war and i was like okay well that's (laughs) <laughs> that's not really what's going on but either way that was that was the message on all cnn is trump's getting us into a huge war he killed Soleimani, blah 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 this is a crime where's the outrage now that we're killing killing essentially the same the same people Iran backed. back they said it right there iran associated with iran a leader in baghdad there is no outrage but um anyway as far as this uh political pu- persecution goes Um, America is now as bad as Pakistan. Uh, This is what I wanted to to get to. All of this stuff leads up to to this. It's striking the comparison here. Um, So Pakistan's opposition campaigns in shadows under fear of arrest. Former Prime Minister Imran Khan is in prison and candidates from his party are working around a de facto ban on campaigning ahead of Thursday's vote. Um, at a secret political gathering last week, about two dozen party workers huddled around a cell phone to hear from an opposition candidate who has been trying to avoid arrest while campaigning. You must get the vote out. He said on the video call, his voice fading in and out because of a malfunctioning speaker connected to the phone as tea and samosas were passed around in the windowless room. That way we will foil their plans. Two years later, the venue of the meeting in the Northern city of Rawalpindi was ransacked by security forces. Um, What does this sound like to you? A guy running, terrified of being put in prison unjustly by the opposition party, Uh, raids getting done on his place. Sounds a lot like what's going on here with this witch hunt against Trump. Um,
2: Raids for people underneath him that work for him, counsel.
1: Yeah, Hmm. it's it weaponized judicial forces. We are just as bad as Pakistan. If you had taken... That those headlines in that article and you just switched out the names with people here, the Democrats attacking the Republicans and Trump said on a video call because he was it was connected to a bad speaker. It would absolutely I wouldn't even question it. I mean, I you'll know, look into it, but I wouldn't question that. Oh, yeah, that absolutely could be true. Like that's this is America. Of course. Yeah, it, it could be true that Trump is, you know, under fear of getting arrested and his, his associates are getting raided because they are. They, they just they're, – they're moving forward with this mar lago case after they just said Biden is too senile to to stand trial in his document case. They're moving forward on the mar lago case with Trump's documents. Like it's absolutely a one-sided judicial system, and it has left us literally a third-world country. Like this is an example. People say it as like hyperbole where it's like, oh, a banana court. We're a third-world country. We literally are a third-world country. We are literally as bad as Pakistan.
2: Yeah. Um, and we've been calling it out for years and you and I have been talking about it for way longer than this, all the way back from John Kinsman, who we've had in the show and and far beyond, but mm -hmm. no one, it's just like war, right? It's a bunch of little things, you know, that just keep leading up to, to a a big thing happening. And it's just, people just don't ever see that, that, that one big thing. And that's what we're always looking for, for uh, some reason, but we have to identify it's a bunch of little things, you know, that causes change.
1: Yep. And it's again, the left is compli- complicit in all of this. And they're fine because it's their enemies, what they don't realize. And this is why even back when I, you know, I might politically, um, I have a lot of disagreements with John Kinsman. But the reason I started writing him in prison was because I was like, this is a terrifying precedent. This is something like we've never seen before. And we've seen where that's spiraled to the right and how how crazy it's gotten. Where Owen Schroyer was put in jail for just talking about January 6th. And here's why, here's what annoys me is that the right is like, okay, we just got to do all this to the left. And the left is like, we're just going to continue to do all this to the right. You guys not realize what this means? Like when we're already at Pakistan levels, now it's just the entire system is crumbled. It's over. Like, and this will be used against you leftists. But if you, if you actually, this will never happen. But if you were to stop and say, okay, you know what? I have a problem with this. No, we can't weaponize the justice system. Then maybe that would stop the right from retaliating, doing the exact same thing. The problem is, there's nobody, there's not anyone on the, with any character on the right, I don't think, hardly any, but there's certainly no one on the left in positions of power that has any integrity. So that's not going to happen. They're just going to continue to get high on their own supply, get drunk with power, and then eventually it'll be too late by the time the crocodile comes back around to snap on you. Um, but anyway, not all hope is lost for the legal system. There is some, some justice. I'm getting you know, pretty dark, but there is some, some good news. So um, you say. So I say. Um, this is from the Washington Post. Uh, and a, and a, kind of an update on we've kept up with this over the last few weeks. Um, Fannie Willis subpoenaed for hearing on misconduct allegations in Trump, Georgia case. Um, an anticipated hearing over allegations that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie T. Willis engaged in an improper personal relationship with, lead prosecutor, with the lead prosecutor and the election interference case against former President Donald Trump is beginning to take shape with subpoenas issued seeking the sworn testimony of Willis and others in a proceeding that is likely to determine whether the case proceeds. Um, and this is uh, the most recent update on this case. Um, a Georgia judge is set to consider whether the removal of Fannie Willis from the election interference case, um, a Georgia judge who is deciding whether to toss Fulton County district attorney Fannie Willis off the state's election interference case against former president Donald Trump has set a hearing for Thursday that is expected to focus on details of Willis's personal relationship with a special prosecutor she hired. As soon as the allegations of an inappropriate romantic relationship between Willis and attorney Nathan Wade surfaced last month, speculation about the future of the case began to swirl. Even if the prosecution isn't derailed, the upheaval has certainly created an unwarranted distraction for Willis and her team and could undermine public confidence in the case. Um, So we've kept up with that. The lady, I mean, it's out now. She had an affair. (laughs) And she, I think, basically embezzled $650,000, this guy. Um, They were going on lavish cruises. I mean, she was paying herself. This guy that she was sleeping with, she paid him inexorbitant amounts of money. And then he paid for them to go on vacations. Um, Now, what this means for the the Trump case, I don't know, because they can just bring in another prosecutor. But... I mean, if there is a chance at all that this thing gets thrown out or that they realize it's not worth the squeeze, it's bad press, or that the jury may not side with us, this this is that chance. Probably won't happen, especially in a place like New York where with the, the E. Jean Carroll stuff, they clearly don't care. But since this is in Georgia, maybe there's a chance. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see how that goes, but could potentially be a little bit of justice.
2: Yeah, and <clears> – <throat> people need to start really going after the, these uh, people. Um, not just being voted out, but you need to have someone come in and prosecute people for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and I think that these people are, it, tell me that these people went, went in, in, in these press conferences, whether it's that one, I, I forgot the county that, that we talked about that uh, King Kinsman knew, but, or the, uh, the, the, the lady in, in Oakland or like San Francisco, mm-hmm. they're almost arrogant when you yeah. watch them talk. And, and you know, like the, the lady in like Illinois, but some of these, these, these people aren't openly, but it, it's still just, it's like, they're just, I'm literally an elite. I am literally better than you. How dare you say I'm doing the wrong thing. Me doing this is still a better use of the money than what you would do. And I,
1: I swear that that's, that's what Dang. I was thinking. It it's not, me insane. It's not like they, they think that they're, Oh, how dare you question me? It's, they're so arrogant that they just can't even believe that the peasants are talking to them. I, how dare you even question me? It's like That's they're it. not recognizing, oh, well, no, I'm not actually guilty. They're just like, who? why would you even question me? You, you don't even... Shut up, peasant. Like, this doesn't even concern you. And it's... Exactly. It's how they see yes. us. And uh, yeah, these people absolutely should be prosecuted. But... I mean, you look at, like, how are we going to do that when uh, we're going to get into some stuff here about the Republican Party being weak and spineless and getting even weaker? But, like, when you have, okay, the the legislator of Georgia, the reason it's blue is because Trump said, don't go vote. And everyone's like, I'm not voting. This is rigged. Okay. Well, the Democrats voted and you lost. That doesn't matter. My vote won't win. Well, it certainly won't win if you don't cast it. Um, yeah. So, with, like, the legal framework of this is another problem with the right completely turning, you know, saying don't go to college, go learn how to be a plumber. Yes, we need plumbers. Also, we need lawyers to to battle and infiltrate this system and work their way up. We need warriors doing that who care about the right things. And I, when I say we, I don't mean the Republican Party. I mean right wing, freedom loving people to balance out the system. But you don't get that when you tell people not to vote and you tell people not to go to college. No, don't give up on these these places because otherwise, no, like it'll just keep continue to get worse. Because the guy prosecuting Fannie Willis, eventually there will be no right wing people, and it'll just be a giant echo chamber where there won't be any competition and then they will pull the door out from underneath them and there won't be any way to get in
2: and that's Um, why we need sane citizens (laughs) yeah no pun intended yeah
1: a little plug to our (laughs) book go check it out barnes and noble amazon the sane citizens political handbook um available everywhere audiobook is coming out very soon still getting that up it's just uh it's a much more difficult process for some reason getting an audiobook up it's like there's so many more rules and regulations but that's neither here nor there um so, let's see. Our next story here, um and also some some potentially good news in the legal system. Um House impeaches Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Alejandro Mayorkas. Um let's see. While House Republicans only just succeeded Tuesday in their effort to impeach so, actually I want to go to this article. Um no, never mind. Um Blah blah blah. Momentum to plot a swift impeachment of Mayorkas picked up steam last month as key key swing district Republicans expressed openness to the idea amid a recent surge of migrant crossings at the southern border. Um, let's see, where was there was um, an article here? It I don't know why it went here. Let me look up this um, Mayorkas impeachment.
2: When, when when I was reading about, I just didn't. Obviously it's a great and like it's a good win for like Republicans can can say that they're doing something about the border, so it'll definitely look good for the elections. But I mean, does anyone think it's gonna pass the Senate? <laughs> I mean I don't even know what like poll or anyone's saying, but I don't
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um but here's the here's the story. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. Um so let's see. The House voted along party lines last night to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He's the first cabinet secretary to be impeached in nearly 150 years. Mayorkas is accused of willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law and enforcing border policies, um, which is absolutely true. Um, we've talked about that in length. Um Let's see. I want to see who the – there were three Republicans because the vote was 214 to 213 to get him out. And there were three Republicans that voted in favor of keeping him. Um, Those were – let's see um i have it written down here Buck, uh ken buck of colorado mike gallagher of wisconsin and tom mcclintock of california um if those are your republicans if you're watching this uh vote them out because this is absolutely ridiculous mayorkas had like i get it so obviously they're saying oh this is a politically motivated uh politically motivated impeachment yes unfortunately that is, I'm not in favor of, okay, we got to tear down the system. But this is not a, a thing where it's like you're giving up on the legal system and just or wanting to, to abuse political prisoners or something like that. This is a case where impeachment, you're not putting anyone in jail. You're essentially firing somebody. And they've set the precedent with all these crazy impeachments for Trump. If you don't impeach anyone on their side, which is, again, it's not like a political prisoner. You're just basically firing the person. If you don't weaponize that lawfare then they will just continue to do it without consequences towards you. You have to fight back a little bit. So I get 10 years ago, I would have said, okay, this isn't worthy of impeachment. This is stupid. At this point, in, in this moment in time, yes, you absolutely do need to impeach him. And any Republicans who are not are just part of these spineless cowards. They're all spineless cowards, but you're particularly bad if you're siding with dem- Democrats on this, especially with what's going on on the border. So vote those people out. Um, now, as far as what this means... Uh, granted, even though he will survive the Senate, he won't, um, the Senate won't be, uh, uh, like they won't vote to impeach him. So he will stay in. I do still think that this is actually a good thing because at the end of the day, this brings a ton of attention to the border. And this is Trump. We're going to get into some stuff tomorrow about how Trump's shooting himself in the foot already and how, you know, Haley's pulling votes away from him, but, what you want if you're Trump and if you want Trump to get elected is for the border to be on headlines and border related news from here until November, because 70 percent of people say it's the most important issue to them. Biden has an 86 percent um, disapproval rating or something like that. People know 86 percent of people think he's too old to run for office. Um So you want this in the headlines constantly because it's one of the biggest blunders of the Biden administration other than Afghanistan. But this is more recent. This is ongoing. So as far as I'm concerned, this is kind of a win in that even though it's not going to go anywhere, it does put the spotlight on the Biden administration's immigration policy, especially because Mayorkas... He works for Biden. So he's just enforcing Biden's stuff. So the the more you push him, the more likely he is to say, well, I don't know. It's not my fault. Biden just told me to do, do this, which makes Biden look bad. Um and
2: he was so bad. <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. it's so bad that Trump's, you know, blunders knocking them all is not gonna matter whatsoever. Like sure people on the left that are still diehard asleep, oh Trump didn't do whatever mm-hmm. he said anyways, he's still a liar, whatever. But
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: he's still gonna be the guy that was good in the border just because he talked about it a lot, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. The, the yep. border is crazy. Yeah, at some point too, we we have to hit uh, on the border. Uh, how many uh, uh, immigrants are, are coming from China, which is interesting. China on a censored had had the video dropped uh, yesterday or or this morning. I can't remember, but you know, it, it, was, it was really good. But. Uh, if, yeah, if you other can, people, I, I've been talking about that, and I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, like thousands. It's like that's interesting.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah! Let's add that to the notes tomorrow. Because I also had seen some reporter went to basically the in Latin America the big like route where they're going, and I, I got to look into this. There was basically just Chinese camps where they wouldn't let them anywhere near. Almost as if they're Chinese military encampments that are just pushing, you know, immigrants, but spies across the border. Um so kind of an interesting story there we actually yeah that we need to add all that to the notes tomorrow cuz that's important stuff. Yeah. Um but anyway speaking about the the weak republicans and their their inability to politic effectively um as you remember they got we we covered this they got rid of Republican um congressperson Santos wasn't found guilty of anything was just accused of things and the republicans because they're so classy and so good decided to get rid of him uh which left the seat vacant uh well now democrats have won that seat um and this is an example of <laughs> you pick the worst times to be honorable republicans like you'll oh we'll we'll do this thing where we'll we'll weaponize the judicial system to do you know whatever trying to impeach biden but then y- you'll do something stupid like, well, we're going to get rid of Santos because we got to clean our ranks like either either be tactical or be honorable. But you can't pick and choose both. And if you are going to pick and choose both, do better. Um, so Democrats win back George Santos's seat in hotly contested election. Um, and this is important because, I mean, the the House is already extremely close. I mean, by one vote that they get uh, Mayorkas impeached. And that was only because some dude had to come back from cancer treatments. Otherwise, it would have been tied. Um, so that's already extremely close. And the, uh, uh, the Senate is, is Democrat. So th- there's barely a Republican majority. But um, let's see. Democrats flipped the battleground, the battleground Long Island seat held last held by ousted Republican George Santos, narrowing the already razor thin Republican majority in the house. Democrat Tom Susie won back his former seat in New York's third congressional district, defeating lesser known Republican rival, Mozzie Melissa Phillip. By the way, interesting, uh, immigrant black woman, that Republican, a straight w- old white guy, the the Democrat, who did they vote for? They voted for the the white guy. The, the old white guy. Why? Because again, all of this diversity stuff is bullshit. They don't really care. They don't really value people of color diversity. They value power a lot more than that. Um, that's why they didn't vote for this lady because she's a Republican because it's not really about diversity. It's about re- a Democrat ideology, the, the liberal progressive ideology. When it's the, convenient. They're, they're fine. They want diversity of skin color. They do not want diversity of thought. And that that diversity of thought will be seen lower than... Or, um, Diversity of color will be outranked by diversity of thought. Diversity of thought is more terrifying to them. So, just an interesting side note there. But um, anyway, let's see. Um, the special election was a nail biter heading into Tuesday, underscoring just how much the district has shifted to the right since Souza was elected in 2020. Um, yeah, I didn't have really a whole lot of on this other than they just allowed they just. By getting rid of Santos, who, again, has not been accused of anything, I think he's probably guilty, but by preemptively trying to be, we're going to be honorable and good old boys, they've just left a seat open, a seat that got taken by a Democrat. So now, I mean, one vote with the Mayorkas thing, there was, um, well, how many um, Republicans voted? We we covered it. I can't remember what story it was, but there were like eight Republicans that voted against, uh, no, no, they voted for funding for Israel, Palestine. So like- A lot of the Republicans that are already there aren't really voting right wing anyway. So at this point, you effectively have barely a Republican House. Then you have a Democrat Senate and a Democrat presidential um, scenario. So think about this. Biden wins. They're going to keep the Senate. They're probably going to take the House in 2024 because that's the way typically it shifts um, every every two years. That's the way that kind of works statistically so you could potentially have a democrat in office and then a a house and a senate like republicans why are you so bad at doing politics (laughs) i don't get it like i get it santos might not be a good guy but now's when you choose to be stand up on your side makes no sense
2: well they still have plenty of money to be made so ultimately who cares
1: (laughs) yeah good point um, so on this whole border situation, um, that last story wasn't related to the border, but Mayorkas was, and you had brought up, um, the, the border, uh, check out this story. Uh, just something fun to laugh at. Um, and something to get infuriated over. It's from the wall street journal. Denver is furious that Washington can't fix the border blocking of Senate bill to overhaul U S asylum law leaves big cities strained by migrant arrivals. Standing in his downtown office Tuesday, Denver Mayor Mike Johnston got word that a Senate bill to overhaul U.S. asylum law was doomed. He shook his head as the optimism drained from his face. Washington once again had failed to solve his biggest civic problem. Um, the city of 713,000 people has absorbed nearly 40,000 migrants in a little over a year. And we covered that. That's over four or 5% of their population. Um, More per capita than any other U.S. city, it is second only to New York in the total number of foreigners who have arrived since 2022. The influx is straining the city's budget, crowding schools and hospitals, and swelling the ranks of the city's homeless population. Denver has spent more than $42 million in the past year to house and feed the new arrivals. Public schools have ballooned by more than 3,000 students, creating a budget shortfall of roughly $17.5 million. The city's safety net hospital has seen at least 9,000 migrant patients in the past year, costing at least $10 million in unreimbursed care. Um, The Senate bill that failed Wednesday held the promise of immediately unlocking $1.4 billion to reimburse cities and nonprofit aid groups that have been caring for migrants. Last year, the government paid about $790 million to reimburse cities and aid agencies for migrant costs, a fraction of what cities say they need to become whole. Um, By the way, that's still insane that last year we paid $790 million. But um, as far as this story, uh, here's what I have to say, Denver. Um, How about no? We're not making you be a sanctuary city. You want to be a sanctuary city? Go right ahead. It's not my problem. <laughs> right
2: to shelter? Hey, yep. that, I, I didn't vote for that. I didn't write that in, in the law. So therefore, my taxes shouldn't have to pay for it.
1: Exactly. It's you want you want a democratic republic. You want states to be able to do what they want? Okay, you get to do what you want. You have the freedom to be a sanctuary city, Denver but you don't get to come and take money out of my pocket when the silly notion that you could be a sanctuary city with endless welfare policies doesn't work because it doesn't work. Wake Why, oh, you want more federal aid? Why don't you say, okay, we want more federal aid and also we want to secure the border. No, you won't do that. You just want more taxpayer dollars while also you get the sympathy vote and all these migrants. You don't get to have both. You want this big voting block brought in? Okay, you're gonna have to pay for it. That's the way that goes, but I'm not paying for it. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so this next story isn't about the border, but it is something that we should pay attention to, especially because the Republicans are weak and seem to be voting with Democrats these days. Um, this is from Thomas Massey's Twitter. Update. Our government invades Americans' privacy without a warrant using the FISA 702 program. That's unconstitutional. Thursday, we will have a recorded vote on an amendment to reform this program so the feds will have to get a warrant to search U.S. citizens' communications. Um, That's when it's 5.40 p.m. on Thursday. So tomorrow, big day tomorrow, the Fannie Willis stuff tomorrow. He's hearing on that. And then this, um, Reforming Intelligence and Securing America Act. So... Be watching that like a hawk, how we brought up those three three Republicans earlier who are you know voted with Democrats to keep Mayorkas, pay very close attention to this America and vote accordingly because anyone who votes in favor of this is voting for the intelligence apparatus to be able to search your communications without a warrant. And those same intelligence operations can also outsource their work to foreign countries. So if you're okay with that, okay then I guess uh, don't take it seriously. But if you don't want to be spied on by your own government and by foreign governments, well, then there's no way that you should be in favor of this passing, which means anyone who does vote for it to pass should immediately get backlash. I'm going to pay attention and I don't do this for everything, but I will write a letter to my congressperson if they vote for this. Because again, one letter doesn't mean anything. A bunch of people write letters. I say this in the book. As crazy as it sounds, these people are desperate to win elections. If you let them know that you are displeased, they will change course because they don't want to lose. That's why all these people like McCarthy is now they're talking about him being the potential VP pick and they're like, "Well, will he butt heads with Trump?" No, because he knows the Trump base is where the Republican votes are at. These people are care about nothing but power and votes. And that's unfortunate, and I'd rather have good people there. We don't have good people in politics. So, the only thing we can do is threaten to take their power. So, this should absolutely any republicans that vote in favor of this and honestly any democrats with any character should have a problem with this too do something about it if all you can do is write your congressperson this is one of those situations where i'm going to i don't for everything because it's not going to make a difference for this we gotta try um but anyway um moving on to some domestic news and more culture related news um professional sports are infested with politics um let's see, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Um Super Bowl ad launch celebrity Super Bowl ads launched celebrity blitz with goal of playing it safe. Risk feet free humor was the name of the game with the game was the name of the game within the game as marketers tried to avoid becoming the next Bud Light. Uh, The Super Bowl ads on Sunday variously appealed to America's sweet tooth, pleaded for tolerance and sought redemption for Bud Light. But most shared one thing, marketers even deeper than usual desired to avoid offending anyone. Their supersized trepidation was inspired largely by the example of Bud Light, which suffered a damaging consumer boycott last year after its social media promotion with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, the brand's marketing chief, exited in the drama. Um, It has usually been that when a brand gets into trouble like that, it recovers fairly quickly and people forget about it and move on, said Tim Calkins, a marketer professor at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. The Bud Light situation has been so different because the brand has been hit very hard and it hasn't really bounced back. Um, So what I have to say to this is um, initially what what I wrote on this was, how about you just be funny? Why does everything have to be political? But then I had to stop myself Because as much as I want that to be true, here is why everything is political with the NFL. This is why this has to happen is because they are idiots and they have injected themselves into politics. Check out this story. Uh, this is from Blaze Media. NFL, MB, MLB, NCAA, joint alliance of sports leagues, asking Congress to reenact gun control measures. Um, nearly every major sports league in the United Nation in the United States signed a letter addressed to the Senate and House leaders, requesting the reauthorization of specific gun control measures. On January twenty twenty fourth, letter was. Um, The January 2024 letter was revealed by the Gun Owners of America organization through an op-ed in Zero Hedge, which presented the letter signed by executives from the NFL, NHL, MLB, NCAA, NBA, NASCAR, and Major League Soccer. The only notable large sports organization missing from the list appeared to be the UFC, which typically does not take political stances. Um, So, yeah. The, the reason that these people are – the reason why politics comes up with sports and why we should actually care is because they are directly involving themselves in politics. The NBA, NFL, all these companies, they want gun control. They want to take your guns. And I don't say that hyperbolically. That is what gun control is. It is reducing your access to firearms, your constitutional right to own firearms. They want to roll that back. So as far as I'm concerned with this, on top of writing my congressperson – I am now boycotting all of these organizations. I will not watch anyone who wants to, I will not support anyone with my eyeballs who wants to take my guns. And this is one area where, where if you're mad about all the woke stuff and the Dylan Mulvaney stuff, and um, you know we saw that we've had power with this with the Bud Light stuff. It's four Super Bowl commercials. Now they don't want to offend people on the right. This is another moment where you can come in and you can say, okay, I'm not going to support you guys if you're going to keep trying to to get gun control laws enacted, I'm going to do my little part. And collectively, that does make a difference. We've seen it make a difference with the way they look at ads and how they're terrified of offending people on the right. So as far as I'm concerned, if someone continues to watch these sports, you're supporting gun gun control. There's not really any two ways about it. You're saying... Gun gun control or um, the Second Amendment is less important than for me watching Patrick Mahomes throw a touchdown pass. And I know that I hate when people try to demonize you. Oh, you know, you're you're just making a big deal out of this. There's more important things. This is a scenario where the only way to speak is with our, our viewership and with our dollars. This is the only way that you can impact this because none of us are, are officials in the NFL, the NCAA, the MLB. So I don't know. It'll it'll be on you what you can live with and uh, where your your stance is on what is honorable for you. But as far as I'm concerned, this is a pretty clear cut case where people need to do what they did with Bud Light and flex that power of we the people and say, no, no sports organizations. Uh, You guys got political. Fuck off. How about you're going to get political? Fine then we're going to get political with you. We're not just going to view you as a sports as a as sports entertainment. Now you're a political entity. Congratulations. Enjoy having only half the country watch your sports, and the right disproportionately watches sports. So good luck with that, NFL. I hope that we run these companies out of business. I don't know if that'll happen. Um, a lot of people, when, when Bud Light um, started funding the UFC, they said, well, I'm not going to quit watching the UFC because it's more complicated than that we won. So we'll see how this goes. But balls in your court, America. Um anyway, um
2: and anyone on the side with the NCAA you're just wrong. I mean, they're just the worst organization ever at this point. They're definitely on on their way out. So, I mean, this is just stupid. So, yep. I can't uh, wait till the SEC and Big 10 just pull apart here soon. I mean, the 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 college playoffs aren't even done by the NCAA anymore. They there's their own, you know, playoff, mm-hmm. you know, commission and stuff, so uh yeah. Which is a a, a bunch of the athletic uh
1: Organizations.
2: Wait, or? No, what's the like a Danny White for us? He's who is he? He's our commissioners. Uh, no, but he's the athletic di- director, they go of the mm-hmm. u- universities, and there's a bunch of them, like 40 states, one of them mm-hmm. or something. So that's where like 40 State they get in playoffs, but they're one of the, their they're, they're guy voted no on the 12 team playoffs a, a, a year early. So it came to bite him back in the butt. Anyhow. Yeah.
1: Cause people, they but. weren't super happy with, uh, well, listen, I, I know some of that drama with like, um, Florida State and stuff that wouldn't have been a problem if there had been a twelve a twelve team um, but, playoff. Yeah, wasn't that like a, a big negative thing?
2: Oh yeah, but of course now the NCA is you know going after Florida State, Florida, Tennessee, going after a bunch of teams, so we're all everyone's just suing the NCA now too. So yeah, and and the states like the state of Tennessee, the state of Virginia, the state of Florida are also like their the attorney generals are hopping on. So mm-hmm. NCA is on its way out. I cannot wait. It's such a dirty organization. I can't believe that I didn't want the players to, to, to like get paid. At one time, but I also don't like what it is now, it's just a free for all. Like, I still want, Like, if everyone's gonna get paid, then that's also like gives some, like, mm-hmm. you know, third string lineman some love, too, you know? But yeah, um, well,
1: I think that, uh, have some rules, yeah. I'd like to rules. see a live golf situation with the NCAA. <clears throat> NCAA, like the PGA Tour, notoriously bad for like it's kind of like the U- the UFC where like it's just about money. It's not necessarily fair. The right people don't get shots. When well, now Live Golf comes out and like has forced the PGA Tour to get a lot more competitive because they're not the only the only game in town. I'd like to see something for that for the NCAA, like a a competing league. But
2: it, yeah, it's going to be the SEC and Big Ten are going to do that at some point here. So. I'm I'm con- convinced. Some or, or the SEC would just do it by itself. Now that we got Texas and Oklahoma, and more teams are coming, but it's it eventually it'll be us. And I think the Big Ten as well. I'll be like, we're just gonna have our own little playoff. The rest of you teams can do whatever you want. Oh, and I <laughs> Go bet have they, your own little playoff,
1: <laughs> and they'll have much bit more viewership. I bet <laughs> yeah. too. Like the good teams, the the teams that get the eyeballs, they can control all this.
2: I mean, we're getting. At some point here, it's going to be in the hundred. the These are, are going to be a hundred million dollars for each team. So I mean, it, these numbers are insane. That's also why you know, screw the NCA. Like they, they they need to make these uh, students um, and employees of the university. So yeah, they need to hurry up and do that. So it's not the fans paying for it, but
1: yeah, well, I've always said they should do. You get your scholarship and then, but you have to. Like, instead of doing it at the same time, you should have the option to, you can either play football, and then you get a, a scholarship to go to school, but then if you, you don't play school, well, actually, now that I think about that, it's not going to work, but i always thought it was kind of a stupid system to have them, because they're not, it's like Brendan Schaub says, you know, he majored in football, so it's like, <laughs> I wish there was a way to, like, make, either make them employees, or, you know, like you said, or, like, this whole student-athlete thing is kind of a myth and kind of stupid anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: And I, that's at like Colorado. That the first time ever carrying my football is now, just because they have Deion Sanders as a coach. And as soon mm-hmm. as he leaves, I won't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so our final story here. Um, grow up, America. That's what I had. <laughs> I wrote for this. Um, flu season has an annoying side effect: sick shaming at work. Shamed for coming in. Shamed for staying home. Sick workers can't win. Uh, one sign your office life is officially back to normal. A colleague comes to work hacking up a lung and gets propped for pushing through illness. If it seems like coughing and sneezing are louder than usual workplace soundtrack this winter, it isn't your imagination. Respiratory illnesses have lingered above the national baseline since November, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, as influenza, COVID-19, RSV, and the common cold circulate. Far from staying home to halt the spread of germs, American workers are reporting to their desks at the highest rates in almost four years. Last week, office occupancy hit its highest level since March, 2020, according to Cass castle systems, which tracks building access card swipes. You really have to be unable to speak and unable to function to really make an excuse for yourself and say, I'm going to take a sick day says Alberta Johnson, founder and chief executive of people, experts and HR consulting firm. Um, So long story short, this article goes on to talk about how uh, now there's this new thing, sick shaming going on at work. And uh, what I have to say to that is, for the love of God, fuck off. I said that multiple times today for different things, but everyone in America is so desperate to be a victim. Like it's getting to the point now where you're a victim – if you just get sick, you get the cold, you're now a victim because you're either shamed for going in or shamed for staying home. If you stay home and you get shamed, you're a hero. If you go in and you get shamed, you're a hero. Like it's just it's just not that, you know, potent of a story. There's not that big any any big, you know point behind it other than just, God, America is getting so weak and so pathetic, and this is just another grain of sand on the heaping pile of bullshit in America.
2: Um, stay home when you're sick, though. I'd rather work on my. I'll just work more. I'll do all everything. Just stay home. Yeah. Don't make me sick. I, I've been sick enough.
1: Yeah. I hate throwing up. Well, the, the real problem with this is the reason people get shamed is because they know people are faking being sick not to go into work. Because why wouldn't you? After COVID's completely made it acceptable. I mean, I did this so much working where I, I didn't want to do it or didn't want to go into an in person class or something, and I just said I have COVID symptoms. <laughs> oh, okay, two weeks free and clear. You don't have to come in. Sweet. And then at any point in that two weeks, I can just go and get a COVID test and then say I'm ready to come back. Look, I'm clean. And it's like I just kept a, a thing with a a positive test and a negative test, like a um, you know a doctored image that I could just use for whatever. Like, and you know, is that right? Is that wrong? I don't know. It's up to you. Fuck corporate America. But um, either way, that's what's going on. That's that's the underlying thing is COVID allowed people just to basically relax for years and years and years. And all these lockdowns allowed people to relax and relax and relax. And all these working remote allowed people to relax and relax and relax because of this disease that was less deadly than the seasonal flu. And now these are the repercussions. People don't want to go back to work. And now it's made you, now you're a victim. You're in a victim class if you're one of these, these people who, you know, is faking being sick or is sick and is victimized by these people. It's just so stupid. Um, but anyway, we got our our final video here. Looks like we're about an hour, so we're, we're perfect on time. Um, this is another citizen justice video. Um, our last last couple of videos haven't been this and our our next ones won't, but... I always love to sprinkle in these Citizen Justice videos because they're so good. And this guy, Steve Inman, does just hilarious commentary over them. So we're just going to watch this. Um, and this will be our final video. So, a couple of soy ninjas walk into a convenience store thinking they're going to rob this man. And
0: this man casually grabs the cash. He's like, All right, here's the loot, counts it out patiently methodically thinking about what he's going to do next he's like wait a second smile for the flash and chitty chitty bang bang off they run like the little soy bitches they are (laughs) obviously they left a trail of soy piss behind let's speed things up this guy's like hey man wait for the flash i want you to smile because i want to (laughs) take your picture booyah
1: (laughs) this is beautiful this is why we have the second amendment nfl get your asses back here so a couple of my goodness I-, I love that i could watch those literally all day
2: we'll see i might have to make a, a commitment to, i guess i might have to boycott the nfl this is horrible <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's it's definitely annoying it's definitely people are not gonna be happy about it but it's uncomfortable i mean it's the same yeah. look it, we can speak with our dollar i'm not happy about certain things like i don't buy you know ben and jerry's and stuff like that and yeah it's my little tiny impact it's just a not even a drop in the bucket, but it's like collectively we do have the power to change these things
2: Levi jeans it's like I can't I love oh, them too i haven't I've had the same two pairs of Levi jeans for literally twenty years, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, not that long but it's long
1: uncomfortable, time. but it adds up so but yeah, that's they don't the the sports leagues <laughs> don't want you to have right. that um so anyway, um good show broski I uh, had a lot to cover, but um. Yeah, fighting through this this parasite cleanse, these crazy die-off symptoms. Um, you're you know back here after working crazy twenty four hour shifts. You got another twenty four hour tomorrow, right?
2: Yeah, but hey, it's good money though. So yeah, making that and overtime then, pay. Yeah, just work it out and then yeah <laughs> Friday and then, Saturday and then go get uh, my oil change Monday and, and then go see Abigail.
1: Yeah, you're gonna be out of town next week, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I'll be in New Mexico seeing our sister and then we'll, so we'll, we'll do the show on the road and then I'll get her her uh, husband on yeah you're, see we can get her on too okay like, hey, what what's life like being a woman be, being married you know hey yeah we don't hate women look yeah talk <laughs> we, to some uh we actually love some of them. yeah that oh, actually no.
1: would be interesting because our sister she's you know i'm not religious but she's like crazy religious and like her husband's super religious and like but, just, uh... but practice yeah. is what
2: they preach huge yeah. disclaimer there because i mean i go to a bunch i've been to a well, that's two dozen Protestant churches, and just can't find anyone that practices what what they preach. Well, that's, they that, actually do. That's
1: what I was gonna say. Is there? I, I don't just say this because she's my sister. It's legitimately like I am impressed and very proud of like people who have done the whole dating and marriage thing right. Like it could have given myself and how nuts I am and you. Like the fact that our sister was a goody two shoes and did things right. Thank God. I know everyone in the comments is going to be like, she's lying. No, you don't know my sister. She's (laughs) a dork. And I love her. I love you, Abigail, if you're watching this. But um, it would be interesting to talk to them just about, like, their views on, you know, marriage. Like, uh, advice for people who want to do things the right way like them, because, you know, it's good to... We talk so much about the degradation of culture. It'd be nice to hear from people who are not part of that system and a good example... um, but anyway, yeah, we'll uh, we'll do Zoom show uh, while Zach's Zach's on the road, and we'll, we'll figure that out. So I'm not not completely alone here. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, you got anything, Broski?
2: Well, I, I, last thing, did you want to hit up your, the uh, new uh, master's program you're starting, or is, is that something you want to talk about yet, or no? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, um, so basically, that's exciting. So. I've been waiting. Um, I've been waiting to do. I, I have my master's degree in political psychology, which is a joint degree. Um, Master's of Arts in Psychology, Master's of Arts in uh, Political Science, and uh, my undergrads in Political Science. Um, I know undergrad in Political Science is stupid. When you get into to graduate school, you start to do actual research on important stuff. I've talked about this before. Um, it's interesting. Like you want to know what makes people change their vote. What's the the me, the method of receiving political information that's the most effective? Is it a newspaper? Is it a, a video? You know, stuff like that is important to research but um i realized doing that that i'm far more interested in the psychology side of things and i can take that and apply that to politics um political psychology is a very new a new field but i realized if i'm going to pursue this and i'm cuz my game plan is to get my phd i want to study at the phd level um politics but with a, a background in psychology and applying both of those fields so First step in that is I need to go and not get a master's of arts. I got to go um, do a, a master's of science in clinical psychology. And there's a two year program at ASU that's very research intensive and um, actually conducting your own experience experiments and grant funded projects and stuff like that. It's a pretty hefty hefty ordeal. And uh, I've been—I applied to it. I've been holding holding my breath, kind of waiting. I didn't—I didn't think I would get in, but I had my interview yesterday with um, one of the leads for that program, and uh, I got in. So, starting this fall, I will be doing um, starting my master's program in clinical psychology, and then after that, um, there's a direct pipeline to PhD. Um, again, clinical psychology, uh, not hoity-toity, just therapist stuff, but actual quantitative data and studying neuroscience and cognition and it's going to be a a bitch of a program uh pardon my language but i think that could be uh very good and um like i said i'm you know talking about putting our our money where our mouth is you know and people doing the hard thing i've not given up i went into academia and the entire time knowing that i wanted to get into high academia and knowing that i wanted i didn't want to give up on academia we need people we need freedom loving people in these fields studying politics doing all of these all of these different things and then helping to promote our our freedom loving goals this is one of those things where i'm like if I can I can get in, get into this this high level and put in the work and really get in these circles and get these research skills and get access to to grant money to do research, um, it could have, you know, potentially a very good impact. And if nothing else, a very good addition to our writing and the show and just more knowledge and knowledge you really can only get going through a program like this. Like you can read a ton of psychology books, you're not going to get this level of research experience and stuff like that. So, I'm excited about it. It feels in a way as if a next step in our, um, you know, we, we used to fight with guns and now, now I look at it like, I I don't look at it as the same thing, but continuing to have that warrior spirit and fight for what I believe in, in a different way. And this is another way of doing that on top of the writing and the show and all these things. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. That'll start soon. And um, yeah, it shouldn't affect the show at all. Uh, if anything, I'll be passing on what I learn and uh, keeping you guys updated on it. But very excited about that. Um, put me on the spot there. I uh, <laughs> hey, appreciate I'm it. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be a good experience. Um, but anyway, I think uh, other than that, are we, we good to go?
2: We're good to go. That's everything.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, sticking with us. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow for another good show. we got some some big stuff going on tomorrow. Um, That vote I think will happen before we film, the vote for the um, um, intelligence spying thing. And I'm not sure what will be out as far as the Fannie Willis case hearing on that tomorrow. But we'll try to get updates. If not, we should have information on that Friday. Um, Tomorrow I know we have some stuff to talk about, like kind of future of the – the election of 2024 stuff, some potential threats to Trump's power, Biden approval ratings in the gutter, stuff like that. But we'll see how it goes. Either way, in the meantime, keep a book on your nightstand. Read it before you go to bed. That way you're smarter tomorrow than you were today. We got to break. We got to break. Got them